Hello, you are tuned in to another episode of PGH Art Talk for pghmuseums.org. I'm your host, RJ Kozane. In this episode, we sat down with Willie James, who is a content creator, filmmaker, videographer, and new podcast creator as well. He brought us to his friend's meditation room, which is right up my alley. And after this break, we get down to discussing meditation amongst what he does, how he creates, how he got started, and even some Rick Seaback stories with his stint at WQED. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at sidekickmediaservices.com. I told you before we started rolling this as goals because I just meditate on my couch, and so I'm getting all kinds of inspiration in here already. Yeah, what yeah. it reminds me of is... um. I can't remember which neighborhood it is exactly, but there's um, it's on the east side. There's a meditation stable. It used to be a horse stable, and on Sundays in the morning, there's they they host free meditation sessions where basically you go in and you just like you meditate for sixty minutes. There's like thirty minutes of sitting meditation and ten minutes of walking meditation, and then another twenty of sitting. So when I saw these mats, I was like, wow, that really reminds me of that place. And um, I really, I, I, I'm happy that that's a thing. So you know, yeah. I, I've, I've, I love meditating. Like, I've done it since I was young, and um, I've started increasing my practice. You know, now that I'm <laughs> much older, and um, yes. I'm, 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 I love it as a practice. I feel like it's a radical practice to just sit and. And do nothing, and the world is so busy, especially with these phones that are in our pockets all the time. It's it's good to chill out. It's good to be in here. And tell me the name of that place after we turn this off, because I need to go there. Oh, so the the name of it is actually the Shambhala Meditation Center. There it is. Shout out to them. Yes. They um they're really awesome people, and they just I think they want to they want to make the world a more mindful place. Being in a meditation room set us right up to going into what Willie James has been a part of lately, which is the creation of the Pittsburgh Sleep Podcast. It combines ambient soundscapes of the Pittsburgh area with its characters. He brings in people to talk about stories and makes them talk as if they are in a room full of people who are sleeping. So I'm I'm launching this um, new podcast. It's called the Pittsburgh Sleep Podcast. I listened to some of that last night. What did you it's think of it? It's very soothing. I love the just it's the ambience of Pittsburgh, right? You go to certain locations and just like film it and whatever happens happens. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's just like I I record these different sounds and I include some storytelling in it because what I realized is that if you're recording sound, there's a certain point where it's like you know, the sounds of the street on the north side, is, it's going to sound like the sounds of the street of the south side. And right, right. So it's vastly it, different. It, you can't distinguish them. So the thing that's going to be the most distinguishable thing will probably be, like, distinct sounds. Yeah. That, you know, like, oh, I know that sound of that pothole on that street. Or um, narrative. So that's why I'm like, okay, so narrative is going to be very important. When I interview people, I have them pretend like um, they're in a room full of people who are just sleeping. Okay. So that way they're speaking a little bit above like a whisper and they're just talking about, I give them the creative freedom. I'm just like, you know, talk about whatever you, you're inspired to talk about. Yeah. It could be from your childhood. It could be the reason why you started cooking. It could be literally anything. Mm-hmm. And it's not limited to 
just business owners or, you know, f- filmmakers, anything else, you know, storytellers, but um, just people who are neighbors, like people who are on the north side or uh, anywhere, anywhere in, in, in town. I'm north side biased because I'm from here. Um, Shooting and, here today. Yep, yep. It's, it's the easiest to just like get around for me because I, 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 I ride my bike, I walk, I, t- you know, take the bus. So yeah. I'm a pretty simple person. Yeah, and uh, the one I listened to was Suba's. I've never been in there, but you like painted the picture perfectly because you did uh, in the beginning. I don't know if you opened a door or what happened, but you're like, you know the sound if you've been in Suba's. And then the <laughs> sound plays, and I was wondering how you got whoever you were talking to. I don't remember. Who did you talk to in Suba's? Um, he was so chill. Oh, yeah. So there was um, on that particular episode, there was Deo. And he's the owner. He's yeah. uh, he's he's probably the one that you're you're thinking of. And yeah, he his his voice is really soothing and and super chill too. So telling them that they're sleeping, like in a room full of people who are sleeping, that works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy. I, I actually I filmed, I recorded like the entire day that day, mm-hmm. and I hit up a lot of different locations, and so. I'm originally that the concept was going to be like what you heard of that Subas episode is actually going to be well over 60 minutes and it was going to be just like a whole auditory experience of all these different locations bouncing from place to place. But what I realized it'd be probably better to segment it. So it's like, all right, have an episode out a week, maybe two times a week, um, have it on one location. So that way it's easier to share as an experience. It's like if, if I go to, um, like, yeah, Suba's, and I'm like, okay, Su- as Suba, I'm like, okay, how do I promote myself more? It's yeah. easier if there's, like, an episode that I can just link people to that, you know, it's directly that versus an amalgamation of things. Right. So just, like, from a social media marketing perspective, I was like, okay, it's better to segment it. It's better to for me to just, like, edit it to the way that I would like it to, you know, to be and just have it out there. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I could spend forever in the edit like i oh yeah everybody knows with I these i can spend for i have to limit myself i made a template that i can just edit for the podcast version of this otherwise i'm spending i think the first episode i spent probably four and hours I didn't clarify that was four hours setting up for the edit then i actually got in there and don't even ask me how long i could spend in the edit and the mix of a song it's years if you let me i feel like it's it's um it's it's like Artists, they have this idea of like perfection, and they're like, "All right, I'm gonna strive for this." Always. And it's not there. <laughs> it's not there. You know, once you do it, you're gonna keep trying to tweak it and tweak it and tweak it, and you'll do it forever. You know? Yes. There's a few times where I'm like, "Oh, well, this is perfect, just the way it is," and then like a few days later, I'm like, "Actually, that could have changed. I could have fixed that." And then there's a uh, there's a really good um, technique that I've heard and. Most people who do editing utilize this unconsciously anyway, so they want to show people. But if you're editing something and you want to know if if you're trying to figure out, okay, should I have the scene in there, um, just show it to somebody else. And you'll know instantly while it's happening, while it's playing for them, oh, that shouldn't be in there. <laughs> or that needs to be fixed or that's perfect just the way it is. I've done this with lyrics where I've recorded it and then I will play it for someone, and I'm like, oh, that's a no-no. <laughs> like, it just feels really awkward. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a really good tip. 
From the editing talk, we jumped into his YouTube series called Ask Pittsburgh. There's a range of subjects on there from what Mac Miller means to the city, dating in Pittsburgh. There's a few videos on Anthrocon. The vast variety of topics that he covers is wonderful. And I just wanted to know how he went about choosing what he decides to film. I think um, um, a large majority of it is just spontaneity, mm-hmm. where I'm like, hmm, that inspires me. And then I, I, I go out and I do specifically that. And it would probably benefit me to be more methodical. And that's why I am, uh, I'm trying to dial it down to just two things. I want to do the the Pittsburgh Sleep Podcast, and mm-hmm. I want to do Ask Pittsburgh, and um, I have another project that I'm doing with my buddy. It's going to be a podcast called Neighborg. It's going to be really awesome. Shout out to Jim. Um, so really, I'm just I'm focused on just like just producing things now, and just like getting things out more often um, because it's very easy to. Um, like get caught up in the, the 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 like perfection trap like we were talking about before mm-hmm. and yeah right now social media is like a, a quantity game it's like a, how much stuff can you put out and, and um, do you feel that pressure as a like a content and film creator yeah like, to yeah. just keep pumping definitely this is a subject that I bring up a lot with artists of any medium on the Pittsburgh Art Talk podcast. The social media explosion has flipped the art world upside down on its head and causes a lot of anxiety for musicians, artists, filmmakers, whoever have you. Uh, There's been a a couple people who haven't been affected by it at all, but in the case of Willie, I'm pretty much aligned with his point of view here. Then I beat myself up for like not having pumped out more and like the re- reality is that there's gonna be there's gonna be slow periods. There's gonna be times where it's like I don't yeah. feel like being active right now, and um, I don't think that it, there's anything wrong with it. I think we all need to take a break. Um, and now I'm kind of getting into the period where I'm like, okay, I want to start. I want to start driving it. I want to start like really putting it, putting in a lot of effort because um, it's just a lot of a lot of fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun to to create these things. It's a pain in the butt because like projects always are. Yeah, because it's just like you're like I I um you know it's like always being connected to your phone you know and and sometimes it's um yeah it's 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 actual work you know like social media never seemed like personal stuff to me. It always seemed like work stuff because. I started socializing at the same time I started doing like freelance stuff. So mm-hmm. then the people I would meet would be people who I'm like looking to like do things with and create cl- content with and yeah. collaborate with. So and it ended up being like, yeah, real work. It started from the very beginning for me. It's, it's always felt like work. Okay. And do you think it's like a, a beneficial tool or does it hinder? We have this conversation with a few people because I think different sections of the art world see it differently. Like for me, music, it's not so much like it's just audio. What do you do? Here's the link, download the SoundCloud mixtape, and then that is that. Whereas like a painter can throw it up and it's Instagram and it's there and it's like, here it is, buy this. And then film, it seems like it it helps a lot more than it's like a burden. And especially for networking, I think everyone can network on social media and that's been great. Um, It's how we started talking before this interview and how I've talked with most of the artists that I met around the area. But does it help more? Is it more of like a, why do I, is like like a necessary evil? I like that question because 
there's an element of social media that is actually really beautiful, which is like people connecting with one another. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, I've seen many people who, when they're going through stuff, they put it on Facebook and people are there to support them. Like they comment and they're like, you know, I'm sorry you're going through this. If there's anything I can do, um, you know, like they they really show love. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's one thing that it's hard to replace because you don't, it's like a, it's like a public square where you're able to go to the people that you know, and you can speak to them in mass versus like seeing a few friends individually and, you know, telling them and them being sympathetic and things. But it's like when you can reach everybody, it's something like you have like this, like cascading, like this networking effect. It's, it's really nice to see. Um, but also with social media comes comparison and, which is everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere because like you're you're comparing yourself to other people unconsciously many times I feel like we're doing that and then people um are you know sharing their comments and their comments might not necessarily be what you think that they should be and like so there's you have a, a mixed bag of things. It's like not good or evil. It's kind of like a neutral thing because well, everything in the world is kind of neutral if you look at it a certain way. Um, but, yeah, I think that social media, yeah, the, you know, so you take what you can get and uh, don't let it beat you up too much. I'll bite at that topic any chance that I can get. But I circle right back to Ask Pittsburgh. There's a few people who make spots here and there. I've seen Sarah and Amarato, who we love, in a few videos. And uh, for the most part, it seems like just walking up to people, asking what they think about something. So what is, like, how do you make the, like, I'm going to go up to this person. I'm going to go up to that person. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, this is my goal. How do you, like, make that initial connection to whether I should maybe not talk to that person? Or, yeah, I'm going to go up to this That's person. That's a good question. Um, there's very few people that I wouldn't do, like, some kind of collaboration with. Uh-huh. And so... Yeah, I think a lot of it is just like it something like clicks and I'm like inspired by it where I'm like, huh, what if I did a video with so and so and so and so? What would that look like if I just like put that all together and and just like let it ride? And sometimes it's like I'll hear a suggestion from somebody else and they say, "Oh, you, you know, doing a video on that would be really cool." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, you you want to be a part of it? Like, sure." Like, yeah. <laughs> like let's do it. Yeah, so like so a large large part of it is like that spontaneous like let's just do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like let's see let's see what's going to happen. And um that's what I love about Pittsburgh is that it really does seem wide open to do these like different video projects and things like that and um everybody has been tremendously cool. Um, shout out to Rick Seaback. You know, he was... We he was, all shout out to him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's an amazing person. And um, uh, we did like a few different things together. There's, I'm reminded of one that I had a, a theater viewing in, at the Melwood Screening Room. I don't know if it's still open, but they're, they're, it's really cool because it's, 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 run, it's run by um, a friend of mine now. And he... Um, He's like, hey, do you want to do you want to come? Like, you know, it's it's called uh, I can't remember the exact name of the the program now, but it's basically um, they you, um, a filmmaker comes and does a screening or they do a show, and. Um, they have pizza and and you just invite people and yes, it's, please. It's, it's like really cool. It's, it's beer, um, 
so I did one of those shows and I, I like organized this whole thing around it. And I had this thing called the cool club that I would do occasionally. I, I want to do some more of, so you might've seen like the newsletter you mentioned. It's the most elusive thing I've seen on the internet is joining your newsletter. <laughs> so you go to Pittsburgh cool dot club and it, there's not even a description. There's like a small little introduction and it asks for your email address and then you confirm your email address. And it's like, Okay, thanks. Did I just join a cult? What happened here? You're you're in the cool club now. What can I expect being in the cool club? Yeah, so um, I host these like occasional meetups, and I when I put out newsletters, they're very like um, they like I write like I speak, so Mm -hmm. it'd be as if like we're talking right now. And you're just getting that in your email, like occasionally. It's just like random. Like, I, <laughs> Spontaneous. Is no, there is no methodology yeah. to it. It's like um, every Friday. It's just like when something inspires me, I write. Mm-hmm. And so, but when I do write, it's usually like it's there's there's quite a bit of like original stuff in there. It's just like references and people and little bits of Pittsburgh culture and things cool. like that. Um, so I, I hope to like bring people together by um being somebody who is accessible and you know it's like oh okay like yeah willie i I, i've hung out with him and we did this and like oh he has a newsletter okay well what's he writing about oh he's writing about so-and-so he knows so-and-so we should go we should all meet up sometime you know like i want it to be like a very community type of uh ordeal and so i um so i was hosting this theater show and um i was like that morning i was like you know what would be cool? Because I had these occasional meetups. And I'd like, mm-hmm. I've hosted two so far. I would like to host a lot more. Um, and I was like, it would be really cool if Rick Seaback could like make the announcement for what the next meetup is going to be. If you say Rick Seaback's name, every single Pittsburgher's ear within the earshot just like rings a bell and they all turn to you. I don't know if anyone outside of the area listens to this podcast. If you do, say hello. I l- would love to know who's listening. Uh, Rick Seaback is a television producer for WQED and PBS. He does a lot of documentaries about the Pittsburgh area, amongst other things. I called him up. Um, and I'm like, hi, Rick Seaback. <laughs> As you he, do. How are you? Um, and he's, he's in the, you know, he was in the hospital at the time. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, do you think it would be possible for me to drop by and, like, you know, film this shout-out of you saying, like, when the next Cool Club meetup is going to be? And um, he's like, yeah, sure, come on down. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. And um, so I get there, and he's like, um, hey, hey, so I have this lunch ticket. Because he's like, you know, like you get, you can give it to like a visitor who who yes. comes to see you. Okay, so we are in the hospital. Like time has not changed. <laughs> okay. Yep, we're in Following. the hospital. Okay. And uh, so he's like, I have this lunch ticket, and um, yeah, because I show up later that day. So I call him that morning. And I'm like, I, I I show up at the hospital. Um, it's in Oakland, and he's like. Okay. Yeah, for this lunch ticket. And he's like, you want to hang out? Then like you, we could order lunch. And then I'm like, oh, awesome. I get to hang out with Rick Seaback. Like, this is, this is like the best thing ever. So um, we, we filmed the shout out and we show his like his leg and his leg. Nobody had seen his leg. I haven't seen the shout out. I need to see this. <laughs> There's a video up on my Facebook page of like the, th- the actual theater viewing. And you can hear people. Because like what I wanted to do is like I want everything to go to black. 
And then I wanted Rick Seaback's iconic voice to come in. And that's exactly what happened. It's like everything went to black. And then all of a sudden you heard nothing. And they're just looking at this black screen. Then you hear, you know, when you're in the Melwood screening room, you never know what you might see. And then like they like you can hear people's like reactions to it. And um, then all of a sudden it shows his leg and nobody has seen like what his leg looks like. And then um, it goes up and he said, hi, I'm Rick Seaback and uh, I'm at McGee Women's Hospital and this is what's going on right now, blah, blah, blah. He said, I want to announce the next cool club meetup. And uh, everybody like laughed. That's good. So, like, I, I like to do things like that, and there's going to be, like, so many different, like, I want to bring people together in, like, ways, like, that, that are, I haven't seen. So, um, that's what I hope to do with, like, the, the Cool Club and the Sleep Podcasts. And, like, if you notice, like, everything is, like, very, it's, like, niche. It's, like, I, yeah. I, I want to do something in a very specific way well. And so, I'm, yes. I'm striving to do that for, for this year, especially. Rick. Hi. <laughs> Rick, that was an invitation. If you want to be on this podcast, PJHR Talk is right here for you. We have a newly designed website if you want to check it out before you commit. It's pghmuseums.org. And to everyone out there that's listening, thank you so much for your support. It means so much that you're listening to this, you're sharing it. And if you're a member, thank you, thank you, thank you, times 10. If you're not a member, it's 20 bucks a year. You can sign up at pghmuseums.org and to get you some perks, to get you 20% off at the Photo Antiquities Museum of Photographic History, 10% admission off the Jimmy Stewart Museum over in Indiana, and a lot of other things that we are constantly building on. We're all volunteer ran here. We're constantly reaching out to museums, galleries, artists, you name it. We're trying to build it, bring it to Pittsburgh, bring it to the Pittsburgh area, and expand and bring the art scene to you as much as possible. I couldn't not dive into how he knows Rick Seabag, so I just talked about WQED with him from here. I was a Next Generation fellow under Manette Seat, who's one of the producers there, and she's been with WQED for quite some time. Yeah. Like um, My dad actually did something with... WQED as well, and he um, he was under Chris Moore, and I remember him describing Manette, and I'm not sure if I ever told her this, but I, he said that um, oh yeah, like Manette was is like the like the 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 that the young up and coming like she came in and then like you know she was like really like she's really popular like she's 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 the stuff and I was like wow you know I can't wait to meet her like because I was I talked to her on the phone before and then um I finally meet her and she's like just an extremely intelligent lady and like she knew everything about like tv production and just like so laid back and I'm I'm really grateful for my whole experience of like you know being with them and and getting to see their process because it's more of a learning thing than anything. It's just like you know watching how they how they work and um, meeting one of the producers there. His name is um, Paul Ruggieri, and that guy has like. 30 Emmys. Like it's like, like, like let us borrow you know, one. They 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 joke and about him like bringing in like a, a, a barrel like a like what is it called like a cart, you know, yeah. a cart full of Emmys. Just full of aim, yeah. Emmys pushing it through the floor. Yeah. And like so seeing their process is like really cool because yeah. I never had any like formal training at all when it comes to like 
media production or like talking or any like I just like figured it out as I went. And I was like, well, how can I how can I be better at this? And so seeing their their process um, for making like a, a piece of media and and documentaries like it's very different than like. Um, what my process is, because I was more like, yeah. like, let's just go out and film it. Like, um, one thing I didn't know is like on a tripod. Like, so you know when you have a tripod, you're supposed to just like underneath you, you screw it un- underneath, mm-hmm. and then you stick it on. Um, but what I do, what I would do is I would take the camera and just put it on, and then I just turn it. I just turn it. And then, so, <laughs> so it ended up. Um, Brian is laughing in the background. How do you put the camera on the tripod? I take it off and I screw it on. Willie. Exactly. I think spinning it is more fun. Yeah, so I would I spin it. it. We're going to try it next week. I don't know who we have next week, but prepare yourself because we're going to be quirky and weird. <laughs> yeah, so, like, there's little things like that that I'd, um, like, miss out on. And when when Paul Ruggieri had showed me how to put the – like, first of all, like, my my my, my ego was telling me this. It was like uh, – because he said, oh, I'm going to show you guys, like, how to put a camera on a tripod today. And I was like – I know how to put a camera. Uh, yeah, on you just like, spin are you, it. Are you kidding? Yeah, you just like put it on. You spin it. Like, and then he showed me the thing, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it was like the yes. the biggest realization yes. of like, "Oh, I do not know what I'm doing." Okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> I need to. It's a good thing that you showed me this because at some point in time that, that was going to come out. <laughs> you know, like so. Spinning it for who knows what guests, it's fine. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm all for it. I, if you want to take the camera off the tripod by spinning it when we're done here, I'll film it. We'll put it up. Brian, we'll just shove him in the corner. He doesn't have to watch. It's fine. I definitely sympathize, empathize all of the thighs with Willie James when it comes to not really knowing what you're doing and then getting into a professional environment and being like, um, oh, I'm doing this real wrong right now. Uh, from the audio engineering days when I would intern at studios, I was constantly doing things wrong, I'm sure. Just ask somebody. Uh, DJing at WYAP, I had no idea how to DJ, and I know my first couple of sets were clunky as hell. And even with PGH Museums, when we set up the mics, you would think after I've done these podcasts, interviewed these people, performed live, DJed, all of these places where microphones are present, that I would know how to tighten untighten and build a mic stand? No, I just hope no one's watching as I do it. The thing I really liked about interviewing Willie James is that there's so much spontaneity that goes into what he does, and when you take that perspective and you build with it in a professional setting or in a DIY setting, the results are going to be extremely personal. So you get a feel for what Willie is going for in every project that he creates. I'm more of a storyteller than and than a filmmaker. Yeah. Um, because, like, I remember I was like filming some kind of freelance thing, and I I had hired my friend Courtney to you know come in and, and help shoot and everything. And Courtney has like a ton of equipment, and so um, when we were packing down, she's like, "Yeah, can you can you um, take down that light stand for me?" And whatever, I said, "Yeah, let me take down this light stand." And I was like. 
I don't know how to take down this life. I'm like, yes. I'm like, I'm looking at the different joints and stuff. I'm like, eh, somebody didn't teach me this. So I'm, <laughs> I'm like, Courtney, you got to show me how to. So like, there's like tons of things that, um, yeah, I, I just missed out on. And but what I learned is that as long as I just like do it, as long as I just like try, um, you could generally like figure things out, and people yeah. get let you get away with it so long as. You can make them laugh, or you can you, they can connect with you, and you're like, oh, okay, I, I understand. He's still learning, and yeah, so that's always been my thing. Is like, if I if I don't know it, I try to say that I don't know it, and just like, hey, guys, just so you know, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you get such a feel for this in Ask Pittsburgh. His personality is everywhere in the dating in Pittsburgh video. He said he never had a date at the time of filming. Willie's personality amongst all the professional shots and all of these videos that he makes shines through brighter than any anything in anything that he does. Yeah, so I was 23 and I had never had a date. And um, Making a dating video, never had a date, love it, first of all. <laughs> yeah, so get was, the advice. I was like, I got to get this advice. So, <laughs> so, I, so that way, you know, because it, it, it partially been inspired by my buddy Sam and he had put it out on the internet and he was like hey how can i like where's the where's the best place to date i was like that's a great question so i was like um i'm gonna make this video and this is where like the spontaneity comes into things too i was like would you like to be a part of it like would you like to because you asked this question would you like to be a part of it he was like um well i don't know because like um I'm not sure, like how it'd be on camera. So oh, you'll be fine. Like let's everyone's just, let's fine on camera. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, this is like, you'll be fine. It's yeah. like neighbors, you know. And um, so uh, we film, and Sam is like one of the most interesting people that I've met. Like he just knows so much about um, like relationships, and um, his emotional intelligence is extremely high. Mm. So like we sat there, we stood there actually in the park for like. Three hours after we had already filmed, and we we're still in that same spot, just like talking back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, because like I've always cared about like vulnerability and understanding more about the people around you and like sharing yourself and because I feel like that's what makes things like really special. It's like mm-hmm. when you can make that connection, like not just talking about like. Oh, the weather was nice today, but like going beyond that, like yes. and just being like, yeah, like how's life, man? Like <laughs> that, that's kind of how I, how I, I like to, um, you know, approach subjects and like talk about things. And I think it makes it easier to interview people, certainly, because like you're giving out so much of yourself, and then th- part, certain parts will resonate with the other person. So I, I saw, I, I see a little bit. It's funny because like growing up, I'm like. I'm seeing like these little hints of truth of, of life and the different things that I'm doing. And I'm like, wow, there's a connection between this and that. For instance, um, within dating, the better I feel like you get at dating and like meeting new people and connecting with them, the better you also get in like business. And you, because it's the same principle of like connection of like, all right, can I connect with this person? And, and uh, what do we resonate on? And, and how do we disagree with each other when we disagree? And yeah. like all those things are extremely important. So I see it in like the, like in, in filming and like connecting with people and interviewing people. And then like when I had started dating, that's when I was like, 
oh, it applies here too. Like it, it all like in the fact, the better you get at it, like the, you know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. connect better. Yeah. And so that's why like it's always been it's always been like a a, a goal of mine to just like be a good connector, and I, I hope to like become even better of a connector going forward and turns out he is a better connector even now because he has had dates since that video and wanted to dive into that subject even further we met on instagram and um so she's she's a youtuber and uh she puts out videos and she's in she's in venice or she was in venice she's now in milan on lockdown because the coronavirus and that's really unfortunate so no people in or no people out. Um, mm. So, but I'll be I'll be there soon, like some so, so this spring. So, um, it's it's yeah. So we met on Instagram because we had just uh, I, I would follow her stories and mm. I like I love the way her art was. I love the way she talked. I love like just everything. And so I was like, oh, she has Instagram. So I followed her on Instagram eventually, and then I'd reply to her stories and be like, well, that's cool. It, I, you know, like just little things. Yeah. <clears throat> so eventually, like, she started giving that back, and like, she would follow my stories and she'd reply to mine. <clears throat> so I had it in my mind. I was like, is it possible that, like, me and her could be a thing? I was like, no, that's not fun. I'm like, First of all, like she's she's way prettier than me, and like she 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 um, knocking yourself down. She, you know, I was really yeah knocking myself down. Like she's halfway around the world, and how would that even look? And and then I, like thirty minutes later, I was like, well, what if? <laughs> like, what, like what if we, um, like met halfway or something like that? So I was like, hey, if we met up in Paris and never gone outside the country in my life, so I'm like, like I'm like, let's like you know, let's, let's make go this to happen. Paris. Let's do it. I'm like, if, I, if if nothing happens, at least I'll be in Paris and it'll be like really cool. So I was like, hey, if we meet up in Paris, uh, do you, do you think we could like? It, it, I can't remember how I worded it exactly, but it's something along the lines of like, um, hey, do you uh, would you be interested in like meeting up if like we we went to Paris or something like that? She's like, would you really be interested in meeting me? And I was like. Yeah, of course. Like you, you talk about art. You do this. You do that. And um, so, it it was on since then. It's- I love all the spontaneity that comes <laughs> with you everywhere, every angle, and uh, I was like just seeing the progressing years from watching the videos to now, and just like the growth. I I love all of it. That is like the theme through this entry. I'm like. I need to be more spontaneous. How do I make this happen? Yeah, I highly, I highly um, recommend it. Yeah, never let the spontaneity like um, go too far. Obviously, because I, I sometimes I yes. allow my spontaneity to just like take me completely off track. Like there's plenty of times where I'm like just not thinking. I'm just like, why? How how did I let that slip? But yeah, I'm I'm uh, learning as I go, and I. I'm trying to embrace the spontaneity as much as I am trying to tame it, you know, like, you know, like, all right, got to keep it in its place. But at the same time, like, this is a part of me and I, I love doing things like this. And, um, yeah, there's actually a few collaborations. I was like, I can't wait to, to put this out. And there's a, there's a few things I haven't even, I haven't done yet. Where I'm, I'm planning on doing that are going to be like, people are going to be like, what? Like you, you created 
What? Like, is I can't is wait. Is there anything you can tell us about, or should we just stay tuned and sign up to the newsletter? Oh, there's going to be, like, plenty of things with, like, politicians. There's going to be plenty of things with, um, like, local artists. And it's going to be, like, collaborations that nobody's really seen before. So, like, with my collaborations, it could literally be anybody I know. I'm just like, I think this would be a cool project, and then I just reach out to people and then see if they resonate with it. Um, like, with the... Pittsburgh Sleep Podcast. I can't wait to have more people do some storytelling. So, like, you know, having them come in and um, talk about different things. And I, I want them to, like, really reach in there and, like, tell things that they haven't told before. So, um, hopefully, I can inspire people to do that. I'm going to have, like, a lot of my friends do story times. Nice. I'm going to, uh, with the Ask Pittsburgh thing, like, there's, there's so many different applications for it. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, doing an Ask P- Pittsburgh episode and then doing a accompanying vlog. So let's say mm-hmm. Ask Pittsburgh, like, what's best breweries? And then take those results and then go to those breweries in the next episode and have it to be a vlog thing. Because, like, with the series, like, I don't get to talk too much about, like, myself or, like, express myself as much as, like, because I, I want to blend it in and make yeah. it more about the other person. Um, so... So pittsburghsleep.com, uh, that's where you can find, um, you know, everything with the podcast and my social media as well. And also um, pittsburghcool.club, which is the newsletter. So the most wanna, elusive thing in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I'm ready. So if you want to see the newsletter, yeah, tune in. It's pittsburghcool.club. Cool. I'm going to meditate. I don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. But thank you so much for being together. here. This is great. Thank you so much, yes, Arde. thank you. We didn't meditate after that. We were going to go to breakfast, then randomly decided to go to the children's museum to see if someone he knew was there, and uh, just kind of hung out there for the day until we left to go to breakfast, and then something pulled Willie James to Ohio for the day. I don't know. I just liked being spontaneous for once, and being with Willie and interviewing him, even just verbally talking one-on-one, it was a very different energy, and I just I, I loved it. This is all we have for PGH Art Talk this episode with pghmuseums.org. I again am RJ Kozane, make music in the area under the name 2020K. I know that in this interview, uh, this was done before the coronavirus really got to where it's at right now. So I don't know if Willie James will be flying across the ocean this spring, but um, if you're listening, stay safe. And to anyone listening to this, stay safe, and you will see us in a few weeks with the next episode. PGH Museums is made possible through our affiliates such as the Punxsutawney Weather Discovery Center. The Punxsutawney Weather Discovery Center is an interactive science center devoted to weather and weather folklore located in a century-old former post office in a town who's known for its weather-predicting groundhog. The Punxsutawney Weather Discovery Center lets you become a tornado, make a thunderstorm, or even be a TV weather forecaster. We met up with the center's executive director, Marlene Leelock, to see if she's ever been caught playing with the green screen. <laughs> yes, don't tell my board, but uh, yes, we play with the green screen all the time. It's fun. It's uh, If you've never been in front of one of them, uh, you can pretend that you're doing the weather. Uh, you can also take one of the green capes that we have and make your body disappear. So, you know, there's all kinds of fun things that you can do with it. Has she ever forged a weather forecast and predicted a catastrophe? I can't say that I've done that, but that gives me some food for thought.
you can create your own weather apocalypse forecast and learn everything the center has to offer at the Punxsutawney Weather Discovery Center. Discover more at weatherdiscovery.org.